Good morning. It is Friday, April 15th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Lance Glynn. The transfer portal, as it has been all offseason, is hot with new entrants coming every day. No better person to have on the show to talk about an upcoming transfer portal deadline to keep in mind than 24-7 Sports National College Football writer Chris Hummer. We discussed what's coming in a few weeks and what it means for transfers over the next month and also hit on some names and teams to watch. So without holding you any longer, here is my conversation with Chris Hummer. Joined now by Chris Hummer. Chris, thanks so much for coming on. So I wanted to have you on because the transfer portal, it's now really heating up. I mean, it's been heating up really for months and months and months. But over the last couple of days, some new names have entered. There's obviously names that are going to enter over the next couple of days too. But I wanted to also have you on because there's a deadline coming up for the transfer portal in the next few weeks. First and foremost, can you just explain what that deadline is all about, when that deadline is, and what it means for the portal over the next few uh, weeks coming up? Yeah, I think what separates college football transfer portal from like free agency and other sports is it, there's not really a restriction on the timeline. Players can basically enter whenever they want and they can go into the portal whenever they want. They don't have to tell their coaches and they can essentially join a new team whenever they want. But last year, the NCAA did institute a rule that states you have to be in the transfer portal for a fall sport by May 1st if you el- want to be eligible to play the next season. So if you're a player and you're thinking about moving schools post-spring, you have to declare your intention of being in the portal by May 1st if you want to play at your next school in the 2022 season. You can still transfer after that deadline. You're just not going to be eligible to play going into the next year. Even that rule is not necessarily hard and fast. There are waivers. Graduate transfers are also an exemption. So if you're a graduate transfer and you choose to uh, transfer in July, you can play the next year. But for those non-grad transfers, you have to be in by May 1st. Otherwise, you're probably not going to be able to play in 2022. You know, we were talking off air before we uh, press record. And you had mentioned to me that while that is the NCAA rule, there are conferences that have their kind of own set of rules. Can you just kind of go into the differences those conferences have compared to the general May 1st NCAA deadline? You know, is the SEC different? Is the Big Ten different? What's the deal with the specific conferences when it comes to transferring? Yeah, so it definitely varies. I would say for the most part, the interconference transfer rules that we had a decade ago that were considered so punitive. I don't, I don't know if you remember, but we had an example where Kirby Smart was at Georgia, like I think this first year. And there was a player from Alabama that wanted to transfer there. And Nick Saban tried to block it. Ultimately, I think he was approved. But we saw a lot of that in college football where you couldn't transfer within the conference. And there were really... Chandler Morris is another example. Lincoln Riley blocked Chandler Morris, tried to block Chandler Morris from going to TCU and his eligibility for that year. So we see a lot of that. And some of those rules are still in place. Like the SEC, for example, if you want to transfer within the conference, you had to have been in the portal by, I believe, February 1st. So if you're an SEC transfer and you enter the portal, you're not going to see them transfer to another SEC school because they can't play next year. And a couple other conferences have um, slightly different rules and variations to make that May 1st deadline. Not as hard and fast, but um, yeah, there are some conferences with their own specifications. And from what you've seen in past years with the transfer portal, especially coming up to this deadline, what do you foresee the next few weeks? Because we're recording on April 14th. This episode's coming out April 15th. We still have over two weeks before that May 1st deadline. What do you foresee or how do you foresee the transfer portal playing out as obviously kids now have to kind of rush to enter in order to be eligible to play next fall? Yeah, I was talking to a player personnel director at a school um, last week, and I was like, how hot do you think the portal is going to be? for the rest of April. And he, he, he said scorching. So I think a lot of people are expecting a ton of movement in the portal. I don't think it's going to be like what we saw in 
December and early January, where we saw well over a thousand kids enter in a month. But it's going to be the most active we've seen since that time. I don't know if you remember, but last year at this time, we saw guys like Jamison Williams enter post spring, like some really high quality players are going to be in the portal and coaches are making decisions about depth charts. So players are going to enter if they're unhappy with their place there. Frankly, a lot of schools are trying to get under 85 still. A lot of schools are carrying more than 85 scholarships this spring. And I think you're going to see, for lack of a better word, players cut. So you're going to see portal players in the portal that way. And also in this era, we're going to see some teams with needs um, do a little black channel recruiting to try to get people to enter the portal. So I don't expect a thousand players over the next two weeks, but I certainly think there's going to be a large number as we see well over like 80 spring practices come to a close in the next like week or two. Yeah, obviously a lot of spring games coming up both this weekend. I know a ton, April 16th, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, Miami, to name a few. There's a lot on April 23rd, USC, Texas, LSU, Penn State, many others as well that I'm obviously not mentioning. And then I'm sure after those spring games and after those spring practices end, we might see a little bit of a run on players entering the portal, you know, because of reasons like like you just mentioned. Kind of overall with the transfer portal this year, how would you compare it to the transfer portal of years past, do you see it at all slowing down? Obviously, you know, when the one-time transfer rule was first initiated, people were taking advantage of it and, and still are, but do you see it slowing down over the years or is it just kind of ramping up even faster where more and more players year after year after year are entering the portal and finding another destination? I don't think we're truly going to see the portal slow down until the run of super seniors is over because that just means there's an extra class of eligibility And we're on pace for what we were last year. I think last year we had just over 2,600 FBS transfers in the portal. Right now, I think we're just under uh, 2,350. So I expect to see 300 kids in the portal the next two weeks or so. So we're going to hit that number again. And I expect that to happen through, I believe, 2024 when the super senior role slows down. I think the only real difference is... This time around, we saw a ton of players enter earlier. So December was a much busier period. I think last year it was more spread out because players knew they had to get a jump on getting in the portal. But yeah, it's it hasn't really slowed down much, if at all. And look, spring practices are ending. Coaches have really been able to evaluate their roster over the last couple of months. And there are still teams that obviously have needs and, and notable teams that still have needs that I'm sure are going to be uh, looking at the transfer portal and looking at the guys who enter to potentially help fill those needs. Are there any teams on your mind that you're kind of keeping an eye on that you think can really attack the portal over the next couple of weeks and help fill their roster leading up to next fall? Yeah, there are a bunch. And I would say the large majority of FBS schools still have a need or two in the portal that they're trying to address. Even the contenders, Alabama could use a receiver. Georgia could use a receiver and probably a safety. Texas, I know, is looking for an edge rusher. Texas is looking for a linebacker. Notre Dame probably could use a receiver. Uh, Miami is going really hard after offensive linemen and linebackers. Florida State, I know, is not a contender. And some of the schools I've mentioned aren't contenders are also in need of an offensive line help. Um, You could probably go on for a while, but there's just a lot of schools looking to fill needs as we exit spring ball and they have a much better idea of where their depth charts sit. And I think you're seeing to see schools be very aggressive in filling them. We will talk more transfer portal with Chris when we come back. So Chris, I do want to hit on a couple guys before we go. One of them, Georgia offensive line transfer, Amarius Mims. He entered the portal recently. What's the latest you're hearing on him and some of the suitors going after his services? Yeah, Marius is our top-rated transfer in the portal right now, former five-star recruit in the 2021 class, potentially a program-changing offensive lineman for whoever can get him. I think he's an interesting one because of that SEC transfer rule we talked about earlier. He can't stay within the conference. 
So the two schools that have really emerged for him are Florida State and Miami. I was hearing a lot of Miami buzz early on, but um, our coworker, Bud Elliott, actually put in a crystal ball this morning for Florida State. And I think there's a lot of confidence around the Seminoles that they can land Mims. And given given the state of Florida State's offensive line the last half decade, that would be absolutely huge for Mike Norvell and his staff. One other I want to ask you about, O'Shawn Mathis. Uh, he's been in the portal a lot longer than uh, Mims has been. He's still available. Who are a few names you're hearing for him as he looks for his next destination? Yeah, O'Shawn Mathis is a top five of Texas, Nebraska, Ole Miss, Penn State, and USC. Um, he had, was at Nebraska last weekend. I've been told that visit went well. But since the moment he went in the portal, I've heard Texas is a school to watch for him. Um, obviously, his former head coach, Gary Patterson, is at Texas now. As an analyst, and Texas desperately needs edge rushers, um, O'Shawn would step in right away and be a starter, would instantly be the best edge rusher on the team. My sources are still pretty confident Texas is going to be the school for O'Shawn Mathis eventually though he still has a couple more visits before he crosses the finish line. And I know I said Mathis was the last one, but I have one more. Tyler Harrell, that's Louisville wide receiver transfer. Who are you hearing for him? I know he's recently in the portal, uh, just like Mims was. What's the latest with his uh, recruitment now that he's uh, entered and looking for a new destination? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, Our Jody Demling of Cardinal Authority, um, our Louisville site, reported the moment he went in the portal that Alabama was the favorite to land him talking with people around um, some schools that might be in the mix. That is the sentiment as well. Alabama is probably the favorite to land Harrell. Um, He's a Miami guy and I've heard Miami is definitely interested, but right now I think Alabama is certainly the favorite. He is a legitimate sub four, three guy in the 40. He's run a couple forties in the four twos. So if you're looking for a speed guy that can replace some of what Jameson Williams had last year, he makes a lot of sense. That'll be really interesting to watch. I, I would imagine if he ends up at Alabama, there'll certainly be some tampering allegations levied, but that's kind of college football right now. We're seeing it a lot. And if he ends up in Alabama, it'll be a really interesting situation. So Chris, last one before I let you go, you know, you obviously our transfer portal extraordinaire, transfer portal guru for 24-7 sports. And with the deadline of May 1st coming up, we just talked about how there's going to be a lot of entrance, especially once spring practices end and spring games happen. So my question really to you is, how busy are you going to be over the next couple of weeks, man? I mean, are you going to have any time to just relax or is it going to be nonstop working the phones, working the transfer portal and seeing what's going on? I don't think, hopefully it'll be a little, uh, December, December was, um, quite a time for me with, um, bowl games, um, recruiting and transfer portal happening at the same time. I don't anticipate being that busy this time around, unless you assign me a couple extra podcasts that I don't have time for. So it should be good. Hopefully, uh, I'll have a normal schedule, but I, I am looking forward to it. I always, I always find that the off season is very interesting in college football and it's never been more interesting. And I hope everybody keeps following along with 24 seven sports with the transfer portal coverage. Big thanks to Chris Hummer for coming on the podcast. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Chris underscore Hummer and follow the 24 seven sports transfer portal account at 24 seven sports portal for Chris Hummer. I am Lance Glenn. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the college football daily. Have a good weekend, everyone.